You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to a Thursday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every heat game, news item, rumor, and more. Thank you for listening, for subscribing, and to those who support us on Patreon. My name is David Ramil. I'm here flying solo without Wes Goldberg, who is off in Sacramento covering a game live. But I'm here to recap Wednesday night's Miami win over the Charlotte Hornets, 91-84. to It was an interesting game. Um, Miami started off the night a half game back of the Hornets in the Eastern Conference standings, but they had won two straight to get back into the Eastern Conference playoff picture. So they really needed this win, and there was some playoff intensity here. And it was a good game in that Miami pulled away with a victory there. They started off surprisingly hot, and then Charlotte was able to work their way back into the game, even taking a brief lead. And it was a back-and-forth game for most of it, uh, but Miami was able to pull away in the fourth quarter. And uh, a a, a strongly pro-heat crowd in Charlotte, uh, rooting for both Dwayne Wade and the Heat to pull away with a victory there. So that was interesting as well. But overall, the point is that Miami was able to pull out the victory and now holds on to the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference standings. So uh, let's get into the game a little bit. Um, the lineup for the night was the same that Spolstra's rolled out recently with uh, Bam Adebayo starting in place of Hassan Whiteside. James Johnson still rounding back from injury was on the sidelines. It seemed like he was available, but he did not play. Goran Dragic back in Miami nursing a calf injury. So Bam started alongside Kelly Olenek, Deion Waiters, Josh Richardson, and Justice Winslow. And that lineup started off really, really well. Uh, They burst out to a nice lead in the first quarter. Uh, They were able to pull away 29-18 to to close out to first. So that was a good, solid uh, start to the game. They forced a lot of Charlotte turnovers there. Uh, the Hornets are a very good team when it comes to holding the ball. They don't turn it over much. They average about 13 turnovers per game, and they had seven in the first quarter, so Miami was active on defense. They went to the zone early and often. Uh, it was sporadic, though. Uh, it was um, something they were using whenever my, uh, the Hornets were starting to get a little too comfortable or putting pressure there, and, and Miami was able to turn it around on them and, and force the Hornets into some things that were you know a little uncomfortable for them. Uh, but that starting lineup, Played pretty well overall. Kelly Olenek in particular had a really solid game. 22 points to lead all Heat scores. Finished 8 of 14 from the floor, including 5 of 7 from three-point range. So he continues to be really, really good at spacing the floor. Miami's best option, really, in that starting lineup as a floor spacer. Kind of playing the role that Luke Babbitt did a few seasons ago for Miami during that 30-11 and 11 stretch. But much more effective because Kelly is a better ball player, one who can do a number of things additional to you know shooting the basketball as well as he does. But he had a lot of range there, and uh, he had a lot of space because of the ability of Justice Winslow, Dion, and Josh Richardson to be able to drive to the room, uh, to the rim and create open looks. And Kelly was able to knock those down, so that was the, the a really solid showing from him. Um, for the Hornets, uh, they. Played some pretty solid defense overall. Um, They kept Miami to 41.8% shooting from the floor. Not great. Um, Just about 35% from three-point range, 9 to 26, so around their average. Um, But 
they did make things uncomfortable for Miami. Uh, I, as I said, in the second quarter, uh, it was really, really ugly showing for Miami. Uh, once the bench came into place, most specifically uh, Dwayne Wade, he had a really rough night despite the, the cheers from the Charlotte crowd. Went 4-15 from the floor, uh, only finished with eight points. So not a great night for Dwayne, but, um, you know, the Hornets were able to Force turnovers, get back into the game, had some timely shooting from some of their bench players. Um, Frank Kaminsky, a guy who uh, we've blasted a number of times on this podcast for being mostly ineffective during his his brief career, finished with 20 points on 8 of 11 shooting, including 4 or 5 from 3-point range. So he kept getting the open looks, and he was able to convert those as well. Um, and, and then during that second quarter there, uh, the Hornets were able to come back and went into the half at a tie game. But then in the third quarter, it was more of the same. Both teams scored very poorly in the third quarter using the zone defense. The Hornets went with the zone as well, uh, and they were able to make things uncomfortable for Miami. But in the fourth quarter, uh, it was actually led by Hassan Whiteside uh, getting some really strong play off the bench. Uh, We'll get into that in our second segment. But Whiteside was actually very, very, very effective in just, let's see, 20 minutes of play, finished with 18 points at 8 of 14 shooting. Um, So a, a good night overall. A lot of things to, to break down out of this. One, uh, Miami seems comfortable using that zone. Um, they're going to be doing so as they have all season long. It's not quite sure when they'll use it. Um, they use it sporadically, but it's an effective tool in the toolbox. So that's a good thing to note uh, as they continue this playoff push. And the second thing also is that this lineup seems to be the, the key for Miami moving forward. Uh, they're getting some good energy from Adebayo. He started off really energetically, had 10 points, 5 of 6 shooting overall, finished with 5 rebounds. So not a great rebounding night, but also had 2 steals and 2 blocks. So a solid night from Bam, even though he looked a little shaky in the second half. But overall, it seems like Spolstra has found his groove here. Uh, and I imagine that once Goran Dragic comes back healthy, he'll probably be replacing Rodney Magruder in the rotation. Uh, the bench consisted of, of minutes for Magruder, Derek Jones Jr., Hassan Whiteside, Dwayne Wade, uh, and like I said, uh, no James Johnson. So um, it seems like James might be the odd man out. Uh, as we suggested last week, um, I think during our mailbag episode, we talked about James possibly getting shut down and not really playing much throughout the rest of the year because he's been so largely ineffective uh, as he you know continues to struggle with injury. And I think that seems like that's more likely to be the case. So uh, it's somebody you can go to occasionally, maybe if there's a matchup that requires it. But for now, it looks like uh, James is probably out of the rotation. And, and then we'll talk about Whiteside's impact off the bench because that was really the takeaway from this. Something that we've talked about a lot over the years, um, as especially as Hassan has struggled with his role and not quite figured out and not given 100% effort as a starter, uh, we had theorized, and uh, you know, it's nice to see proven correct that maybe he'd be effective coming off the bench, that he'd be able to beat up on second string centers and, and get his numbers and make himself, you know, content with being able to have a positive impact that way. So we'll get to your Twitter questions next in our second segment. We're back and we're answering some questions about Hassan Whiteside. Kyle writes in, Whiteside looked great off the bench tonight and got rewarded by closing out the game. As he works back from injury, do you think Spo will continue to play him off the bench to let Bam start? Personally, I think he's best off the bench feasting on second units. Well, Kyle is absolutely right. Something we've talked about. 
Uh, he looked great tonight. He was facing Bismack Biombo as the second string center for the Hornets and Whiteside's length, height, uh, and overall energy, uh, was really, really effective, uh, in getting the kind of consistent playing that he did and scoring that he was able to put out tonight. Like I said, 18 points on eight of 14 shooting finished with 15 rebounds, four blocks. So he was able to dominate a number of ways. A couple of surprises there from Whiteside coming off the bench there. Um, he was also really good in pick and roll situations on, on a number of occasions. He was able to switch onto the ball handler, both um, Jeremy Lamb in some situations, uh, also Kemba Walker. And he was really able to kind of shade those and, and, and make things difficult as they drove to the rim. And that's something that we haven't seen from Hassan on a regular basis. So that's the kind of impact that we need him to make if Miami has a legitimate chance of making any noise as this playoff push continues. And if they make the playoffs, certainly that'll be a big plus. To answer Kyle's question, uh, you know, it's difficult to foresee how this happens uh, if whether or not Whiteside continues to come off the bench. In an article from the Miami Herald and Barry Jackson earlier today, uh, that question was specifically addressed. And Whiteside's comments weren't exactly positive. He said, uh, this is a quote, if that's what coach wants, that's what he wants. I got nothing to say. I don't really know. So that seemed like a little frustrated um, on Whiteside's part. But again, that was prior to Charlotte's positive, uh, his positive uh, night in Charlotte. So I wonder if he might feel a little bit better about that second that role coming off the bench. Uh, he, he did follow up that earlier statement was saying, yeah, whatever the team needs, I'm just going to come out and try to dominate my minutes, be effective when I'm out there, and I think my plus-minus for the season is plus. Uh, I came off a 29-11 game, got hurt, and this is what he wants to go with. Speaking of about Smolstra, of course, can't do nothing but just accept it and come out and dominate. And that's what he did, uh, and that's good. I mean, this is something that we've not seen from Hassan, is uh, an, a, a lack of self-awareness about his role and his impact. And if he can continue to make it a positive one off the bench, then why not continue to do so? So I know a lot of players are frustrated, and not always about who starts and who comes off the bench. But as Kyle points out, Whiteside was able to get the closing minutes there, mostly because I think Bam had gotten a little tired with the effort he put forth in the first uh, half. Um, I don't think he necessarily struggled with foul trouble. He, he did have five fouls as he was sitting out the fourth quarter but Whiteside was again largely effective he, he came in there made a positive impact was able to do a number of things well rebounded well uh, harassed uh, pick and roll situations for the Hornets uh, and was able to get some effective scoring at the rim uh, you know he finished two of three at the line so that's better than his season average but that's the kind of impact that he can make regularly I think and so it gives Miami another weapon um, and I think the, the thing about Bam starting is that he's so good at, at switching on to multiple offensive players. Uh, he does provide energy off, you know, as a, as a starter that I think Whiteside largely has not. Um, you know, he, he does catch lobs at the rim uh, as Josh and Dion continue to roll to the rim and try to attack the basket. Uh, he's there to clean up those messes or get an open look if they're able to dish off to him. So those are things that we wanted from Whiteside. But I think Bam's just a little bit more explosive. So, look, Adebayo played 25 minutes. Whiteside played 20 minutes. Uh, and that was your center rotation. And it worked very well. So I think Spolstra finally, uh, you know, almost 70 games into the season, has finally figured out his rotation and tightened it to the point where he feels comfortable. Again, it looks like Roddy Magruder probably will take a backseat to Goran Dragic. Not that you know anybody has said anything from the team, but that just makes sense because Goran's been playing so well off the bench before he aggravated his calf injury, and uh, he's such a, a more competent scorer than Magruder 
will ever be. So it just makes a lot of sense. And I think he plays better with Dwayne Wade at this point in his career where he can space the floor. He knows exactly how to keep the tempo going and be very impactful as a shooter and playmaker for others. So that just makes a lot of sense. And and the unfortunate player left out is James Johnson here. I think, you know, the injury is an issue, but even before the injury, there were questions about whether or not he was going to be able to be effective at a high level. So I, I think it'll, if Miami is able to make the playoffs, we'll see whether or not it changes. For now, it looks like Spolster is writing this out, and, and I hope he sticks around with it because, um, to be honest with you, it's it's looked pretty positive, uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful that Whiteside will continue to make an impact as they continue to make this playoff push, and, and that's something that I'll get into in the next segment where we look at where Miami currently stands and what their upcoming record will be. All right, we're back. As I said, uh, we're looking at Miami and their current place in the standings. They have finished tonight's win uh, to put them in sole possession of the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. They are 30 and 34, four games under 500, but they've won three straight. Uh, and they are uh, a full game over the Orlando Magic and Charlotte Hornets. They have games against both teams in the future, so those will be important. But it's going to be a difficult schedule for Miami. Um, there's no guarantee that the playoffs are a lock. Uh, certainly not. You know, despite the, the positivity of, of a win against Hornet, uh, the Hornets, um, there's still some issues here uh, in the near future as Miami embarks on a five-game homestead. So they're off following the win against Charlotte to come back to Miami against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday. But then it gets significantly harder where they faced the Raptors on the 10th, Detroit the following week on the 13th, and then Milwaukee to uh, and then face Charlotte in all about uh, nine games, uh, nine days from now. So it's not exactly an easy stretch by any imagination there. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a challenge for Miami to try and maintain that same level of effectiveness as they did against the Hornets. Um, it's going to be a challenge for them to, you know, try and, and knock off these teams because they're competing for things as well. Uh, look, it's not the Raptors are, are up and down. Um, they've been mostly great. Milwaukee, I think, has been fantastic. I think the best team in the league by far. Um, and, and Detroit, look, that's a team that blew us out last time they, they placed Miami. So I imagine that the Heat will probably be geared up for that. It's going to be... It'll be curious. I mean, I'm, we're at that point where I think we can't predict what this team is going to look like or how they're going to play. Um, they've been better as of late. But, uh, you know, I think that this has been a, a small sample size. They've been mostly up and down all season long. Uh, thankfully, this is a positive stretch as they're nearing the end of the regular season. So if they can continue to do this over the next 20 or so games, um, well, they, they have a, a chance of being able to uh, <clears throat> lock in uh, uh, a seed in the playoffs. Um, it's not going to be an easy thing for them, but uh, you know we'll see how it plays out. Uh, that's basically all we've got for tonight. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else to really you know go on as far as the Hornets game is concerned. Josh Richardson looked a little shaky. Um, you know he wasn't exactly effective there. Finished with uh, 13 points on five of 14 shooting, 0 of six from three point range. Justice looked. Solid in stretches, not a huge impactful night, only nine points, but he did finish with five, uh, sorry, six rebounds and seven assists. So a good solid night for him. 
Um, but it's something that uh, we're going to have to see more consistent output from them as they are Miami's best player. So uh, we'll look to that to see uh, if, if they're able to make a more positive impact in the, these upcoming games and help Miami lock down an AC in the playoffs. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. And please connect with us on Twitter at Lockdown Heat or email us at LockdownHeat at gmail.com. We'll catch you next time. Yeah! Um.